This is the Decision Masters Podcast. I'm Kirsten Parker, the decision coach for overthinkers. When you feel good about your decisions, life feels good. You get to be present in your days and excited about where you're going. I'm going to help you build your decision mastery so it's easy to know what you want, navigate uncertainty, and handle any feelings that happen. Whether you're in the middle of some overthinking angst right now, or you simply love feeling in charge of your choices, you're in the right place. Clear, confident decisions are right around the corner. Let's get into it. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm a little drained right now, if I'm being honest. I'll talk about why in this episode. Get ready. But I... Wanted to go rogue a little bit this week. Usually I have these episodes recorded in advance, scheduled out. You know, I'm a planner. You get me. But I've had this concept that we're going to talk about on my episode list for a long time. I always knew I was going to talk about it. And just this week in particular felt like a really good week to have a conversation about These things, these vital components to any plan that we have to put in the plans to make our plan successful, because that's what we're here to do, right? We're here to succeed and we're planners. And I'm coming at you right now on the heels of just a, a big week, a lot of life events. Kenny's show that he's shooting right now has this crazy schedule. He really likes it. He's really enjoying the show. I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk to you about. So we'll just talk about it later when it's out. But for now, we can say there are a lot of night scenes, (laughs) which means his schedule is kind of bonkers and that affects my sleep and it affects a lot. So things are just kind of hard and wacky on that front in general. And then just a lot of things happened. Our husky was already half blind because apparently that happens sometimes to like purebreds, I guess. So we we always knew it was likely he'd go blind in his other eye, but it was a really long process for the first eye to go blind. And last weekend, he just kind of woke up and was bonking into stuff. And we were like, oh, (laughs) what happened? So that was a surprise. We had to, you know, I rearranged my whole schedule, got him to this emergency ophthalmologist appointment because he was in a lot of pain and it was so uncomfortable. And it was, it was just, it was not fun. It was not a fun surprise. And then kind of right after that, I had a, I've jokingly been referring to this weekend as the weekend of two weddings and a funeral because I literally attended two of my best friend's weddings in two days and then flew home to go to a memorial the next day for one of my best theater friends. He was one of my theater family, really. So that was an emotional weekend. Uh, I probably sound a little lower energy than normal right now because I'm like still in the emotional hangover and we're just rolling with it. It's like I'm making it okay. And one of those weddings, one of the two weddings, by the by, was also a surprise because we were in town originally for one wedding. There's six of us total who are still friends from college and we're rarely in the same place together, but we made it happen for this wedding. And since we were all there, another one of us who is fianced and getting married out of the country later this year was like, wait a minute, we can do our legal ceremony because we got to sign the paperwork while everyone is here. And then we'll We'll all do it here because not all of us, I think maybe only one of us is going to their out of country wedding. So she was like, well, maybe we can just do it here. And we were like, "Um, okay, can we throw together an impromptu wedding at our beautiful log cabin Airbnb mansion thing that we're all staying at in the woods of Seattle? I, yeah. And the original bride of the weekend, like the OG bride was 
super cool with it. She came. It was so much fun. And it was this same kind of reunion feel at the memorial, too. I worked with my theater family here in L.A. for like five years. And we've all moved on to different places and jobs. And some people have moved literally out of the state. So it was another rare high emotion event that we were all in the same place at the same time. And then on top of it, it was for this freaking terrible reason. So it was a lot. And I wanted to do this episode because I teach a concept that I need, obviously. And my clients need this concept a lot too, because we're all planners. I attract people with brains very, very similar to mine. We like plans. We like lists. We like control. And it's not a bad thing. It comes from a super well-intentioned place, truly. I don't think we're control freaks. I use the term control enthusiast lovingly, but it's not because we like our way and we think everyone else is wrong, really. It's because we want to make the most of our experiences and we want to exercise our full agency because we've encountered those moments when something wasn't planned and it wasn't as good as it could have been. And we were disappointed. Other people were disappointed. And we feel like we missed out on something. And it's very painful for planners to encounter those moments because we're like, this could have been so easily avoided. (laughs) And we really dislike feeling like we're not using our agency, like we're just living at the effect of other forces and are being moved forward through life because other people are doing things or other circumstances are happening and that's dictating where we go. We don't like that feeling. We like exercising our agency. We like making decisions and being proactive and being self-directed. So it's not a bad thing. This episode is not an argument against planning. I would never do that to you. But it can be a kind of frustrating habit. I know you know what I'm talking about because we tend to equate plans with control. And when we feel control, we feel safe. And we can tend to get in this sticky place where if we don't have a plan, we don't feel safe. And that takes us out of the moment. It takes us out of the present experience. It keeps us from being flexible. We start focusing on what is the plan and how closely are things aligning with the plan, which takes our focus away from what is actually happening in present time. And it keeps us from being okay (laughs) with the fact that not everything in the world is controllable. I I know, I know, it's the worst. But that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're talking about what makes a plan successful, really, today. It's worth looking at your relationship with planning and control, just so you can know where you stand with it. And I think a lot of people really understand this post-pandemic. A lot of people had a lot of plans for after April 2022. Tickets were purchased, bags were packed. We were certain about things that were going to happen. Until we found out we were wrong about what we were certain about, right? And that's a very illuminating experience because for all of this control that we love to have, for all of the plans that we love to make, it's really important to remember that at the end of the day, they're just thoughts. Control and plans and certainty and agreements and contracts and guarantees, they're all just thoughts. They're just ideas. There are ideas about what will happen and how. And sometimes we find out that our ideas were incorrect. And that's what this episode is going to speak to. This concept that I teach myself and talk about with my clients all the time is the concept of putting these three vital components into every plan you make so that we can get that ultimate result we're after, which is maximizing our experience and our agency. And it doesn't matter if you're planning your wedding or planning to attend a memorial 
or planning dinner with your family, all right? The three components are the exact same no matter the life event. This is what's going to save us from getting into that sticky place where our sense of safety and our and our ability to be present are conditional on there being a perfect plan and things going exactly how we want them to. And the three vital components are surprises and failures and feelings. Say it with me. We're going to make it into a song. We're not really, but we should. Surprises and failures and feelings. Oh my, we got to start putting these into any plan we make. We have to start assuming they're going to happen. Now I've compiled a little list of like helpful do's and don'ts so that we can really break this concept down and use examples from real clients on what does this mean? How is this going to affect my life to start putting surprises and failures and feelings into this plan? The first do is do start planning on surprises and failures and feelings happening. No matter how meticulously you plan something, right? Or how much you'd love for things to go your way. Do make space for surprises. Things that are going to happen that you can't predict or control. Let's agree that surprises are likely. I had a client once who was internalizing this concept and she described her experience of this morning of surprises. It was a lot of new information all at once. Her, she found out her kid's school was shut down because of COVID. Her husband had to go somewhere for something I can't remember, but it was like unplanned last minute. And there she was, right, in this moment where she was encountering her misunderstandings. She was like, I have all my ideas about how I thought this day was going to go, plans quote unquote. And she was finding out what she was wrong about. But it was very peaceful. She described almost watching herself think, well, this isn't optimal. (laughs) But here we are. These are some surprises. Let's just keep going. And that morning could have gone a lot of ways for her. But she had access to this way because she was prepared for surprises. And do make space for failures. Things happening not the way you want them to. Things that feel like a mistake, that look like a failure in the moment to you or to other people. Let's just bake imperfection into our self-expectations. I know. Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay, though. Let's decide it's not going to be the end of the world when we inevitably mess up. I'm using so many air quotes this episode. Another client of mine runs a company. They have a lot of investor meetings. They have a lot of technical meetings. And you better believe a ton of those interactions feel like failures in the moment. But our brains need instructions. If we don't tell our brains what meaning to assign to things, they'll just do it on their own willy-nilly. So she had to decide, okay, failing is simply something that we're going to do a lot of the time. That's just part of the plan. We don't need to fall apart and beat ourselves up and assume it's all over when something inevitably feels like it went wrong in the moment. We're just going to keep going. And do make some space for human emotions. Listen, planners are thinking creatures. I get you. I see you. I am you. And I know that emotions can sometimes feel very messy and inconvenient and distracting and exhausting and unprofessional and weak. Thanks again, patriarchy. But this is the deal. This is the deal that we signed up for when we signed up for humaning. All these messy, exhausting, unprofessional, distracting, inconvenient emotions. One of my clients is actually such a thinker that she had her whole weeks mapped out. She had a really meticulous schedule and was super disciplined. But she told me that she actually put time in her calendar for surprises and failures and feelings. And I was like, stop it. I'm obsessed. And it would look probably to you more like white space, like unscheduled time. 
But she mentally assigned that space for like, you know what? Things are probably going to happen that I can't predict or control. (laughs) And I'm just going to build that into my expectations for myself and for my week so that I don't make my sense of safety and presence conditional on surprises and failures and feelings not happening. How brilliant is that? And then what happened, right? She told me the story because she was like, guess what? I woke up on Friday and had a bunch of feelings that I had not planned for. And I was like, yeah, humaning. But she said, if I hadn't agreed with myself in advance that that was just probably going to happen at some point and it had to be okay, I would have spent that morning in a very different way. I would have been super mad at myself. I would have pushed through. I would have like not processed any feelings. I would have felt like I was falling behind. I would have believed something was wrong with me. And instead, she just had this space to like feel the feelings, to process them. So those are your do's. That's the do and the how-to of putting surprises and failures and feelings into your plans. Now, a don't is don't mistake this for manifesting chaos and tragedy and drama, okay? (laughs) Just because you're a pilot and you learn how to navigate turbulence and you plan on things happening in the air that you can't predict or control precisely doesn't mean that you manifest thunderstorms just because like you thought a thought about it maybe happening. We're not condemning ourselves to chaos, okay? I just really want to make sure that we make this distinction that putting them into the plan isn't the same as deciding that things are just going to be terrible and on fire all the time. Do plan on this making you more resilient and resourceful. (gasps) So delicious. Yes. Remember, we like control and plans for a lot of good reasons. We want to maximize our experience. We want to maximize our agency. Yum. Now, if we combine that super great intention with the reality that we're never going to be able to plan or control everything, then what do we get? We get real-life situations that require multiple tools. Planning is just one of your tools, my friend, but you are powerful. You are multi-talented. When you're prepared to put down your plan and pick up a different tool, i.e. resilience, You get to find yourself in the middle of some adversity and know in your bones, okay, I'm going to positively adapt to this. Boom, come at me, feelings. When you're prepared to put down your plan and pick up resourcefulness, you don't lose a ton of time getting lost in drama when you encounter a surprise. You just solve that problem. You have the mental and emotional flexibility to see solutions. Yes. So do plan on this new way that you're going to start planning that includes surprises and failures and feelings, making you more resilient and resourceful. You don't have to give up your plans. You just have to recognize that, hey, the goal here is not just have a great plan and then execute the plan. The goal is maximize my experience and my agency. And you have a lot of tools, including planning, that are going to make that happen. Now, here's an important don't. Don't mistake this for safeguarding yourself from surprises and failures and feelings. A lot of the times planners get themselves into little pickles because we think, okay, well, if I study the roller coaster in advance and I'm like, okay, at this point, we're going to go upside down and then over here, we're going to turn and then here, we're going to go real fast. Then we think, okay, so while I am experiencing that turn in that loop-de-loop, I shouldn't feel anything because I've thought it through. And again, that's not exactly how thinks and feels work, right? So don't mistake putting these things into the plan as that being a safeguard against being affected by them. 
The reason we put space into our plans for these things is because we're going to have reactions to them. Maybe not dramatic, lengthy ones that derail our entire week, but maybe dramatic, lengthy ones, right? That's what I'm experiencing right now. It's kind of what I wanted to do this episode because I'm in, I don't know, like hour 36 of an emotional hangover from my two weddings and a funeral weekend with our newly blind dog. I planned on this week, kind of just doing a number on me. I didn't know what that would look like, though. I Frankly, it hit me way harder than I expected. But since I am accustomed to encountering surprises in the moment, mistakes and failures in the moment, human emotions in the moment, and being like, okay, nothing's gone wrong here, I was able to be super present and on my own team throughout all of the experiences of the last week. I didn't miss out on anything because I was fully there for it. That defense mechanism didn't kick in of, oh, this is too much. I need to go into planner mode so I can partially escape this overstimulating moment. Because that's how I lived a lot of my life. And that's how I missed out on a lot of my life. And I decided years ago that I don't want to live that way anymore. But the trade-off is that you have to allow yourself to be affected. And how your nervous system and energy and mind are going to respond to the surprises and failures and feelings isn't something you can entirely structure. Which brings us to the third do. Do give yourself some grace because humaning is messy and we trick ourselves into thinking it would all be better if things went exactly according to our plans. But that's never true. It can't be true. Just look at how beautiful your life is because of things you never could have planned or foreseen in advance. So as you make space for surprises and failures and feelings in your plans, make some space too for you navigating them imperfectly, more air quotes. You're going to navigate them humanly. If you're reacting to surprises and failures and feelings and you're not getting over it immediately, let it be okay. Stay on your own team. Don't assume you should be better or faster or less affected by human life. Because it's so easy to say, I shouldn't care about that, or this shouldn't be a big deal, or this shouldn't be taking so long. But if that's where you are, if you do care about something and it is taking long, the least helpful thing you can do is judge yourself for it. The most helpful thing you can do is stay on your own team. Have compassion for the fact that you're having a hard, imperfect human moment. Man, I care way more than what I want to about this thing. And that's tough, right? That's a totally acceptable way to move through a reaction to something. But you don't have to assume that you should be better, better, air quotes, at responding to the surprises and failures and feelings. And you don't have to assume that life would be better without them if it just went according to your plans. So what are we celebrating? (sighs) Girl, what aren't we celebrating? We're celebrating that plans have their place. (laughs) Thank God, right? But your sense of safety and presence do not have to be conditional on having a plan or on things going to plan. We're celebrating that you get to feel safe and present just knowing you're resilient and you're resourceful. And that's it. We're celebrating that you get to maximize your experiences and your agency by using all your tools, not just your brilliant planning. And personally, this week, I'm celebrating life and love, and people. It rarely looks like what we thought, right? Sometimes it looks like what we wanted. Sometimes we didn't know what we wanted till something happened in some surprising failure-looking way that caused a lot of feelings. But there we are, making it work, enjoying it. Sometimes the surprises are painful. 
Sometimes they're wonderful. Most times, they involve a lot of all those effects spread out over the rest of all lifetimes. Sometimes failures feel final, but sometimes they open new doors we didn't even see before. They rarely mean what we think they're going to mean in the moment. And sometimes feelings knock you on your butt for 48 hours, and that's just not what you planned, not what you wanted, and it is where you are, and it seems inconvenient and unprofessional, and it's what's happening. And you get to stay on your own team, even through the parts that don't feel particularly cartwheel worthy. So go celebrate, go make your plans, put surprises and failures and feelings into them and guarantee your stuff all this deliciousness that you will maximize your experience and you will maximize your agency. And that's so much more meaningful than the guarantees we think we really need. Enjoy. Talk soon. Hey, want to know the number one thing you need to kickstart your momentum right now? Um, obviously. I know. That's why I created the Momentum Quiz. Head to kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz to find out your number one momentum killer and get your personalized action plan to boost your momentum and get back on track. That's kirstenparker.com forward slash quiz. Have fun.